All right, Adam here from Splendid Sports, back again for another edition. This is the Lucky 13 edition of 3 and 3. Happy to be joined by the sports card therapist, Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, Adam. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, I've been I've been watching your podcast and, and YouTube for a while now. Um, so I kind of feel like I know you already. You know, we were just talking a little bit, first time we ever talked, but I've watched so many of your episodes that I know a lot about you. Um, so it was good good to talk to you initially. But uh, for anyone watching here who hasn't caught a three and three before, what we're going to do is we're going to look at three of Rob's favorite cards in his collection, and then he's going to tell us why. And then we're going to look at three cards on his want list, and uh, we're going to pull up some images and card ladder and, and talk about those. And some other topics. I got a little thing I want to mention here to Rob in a little bit. Um, but let's get let's get started first with um, Rob. I, before we get in the cards, I just want to mention um, again. I've seen a lot of your a lot of your episodes, but the one that um, recently that it was the vintage card roundtable that you did. Yeah, man, that was awesome. I loved. Uh, I just loved the format. I loved hearing from different the different guys you had on there. Uh, but there's a, a couple stories in there that I want to mention too that. Uh, you mentioned that um, really hit home with me. So I just wanted to mention that episode because if anyone has not caught that, uh, it was what, like three or four episodes back or something like that? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, yeah, it was probably about, yeah, I, I typically drop uh, two episodes a week. So I think it was about two weeks ago, probably about four episodes ago. Yeah, and I appreciate the kind words on that roundtable, man, because, um, you know, I think, you know, vintage is a space in this hobby that, you know, when I look at the top podcasts in the hobby, you know, like, um, you know, I can name a bunch, but they're probably all, I think we know probably what are the top podcasts, you know, and, uh, there's almost zero vintage that gets covered in that. And, um, you know, w when I sit back and I think about my show, um, I, I know how passionate I am about vintage. And I said, you know what, I think, I want my show to to start to reflect that a little bit more. So, um, so yeah, the vintage roundtable thing was just was an idea I had. You know, um, I did a Hulk Hogan roundtable, um, you know, a few weeks prior to that. That you know went fairly well, and uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to do a vintage one, and uh, hopefully we'll have more to come. So I appreciate you tuning in for that. Yeah, it was great, and and I I collect a lot of the same things you collect as far as like not just one sport. I collect football, basketball, baseball, but I've heard you say it recently that vintage cards are your favorite cards. And that's the same with me. So I see a lot of what you collect. That's, um, you know, not, not, not just that, but you're so professional with, uh, just the way you, you know, the way you do your show. Uh, I just, I'm a big fan. So I just wanted to let you know that longtime fan. I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, man, anytime you want to, uh, anytime you want to talk off air and, uh, and bend my ear, you have any questions, uh, you know, definitely let me know, man. Like I said, I was able to check out your show and uh, I mean, it seems like you're, you're doing quite well, you know, uh, just, just your energy, the way that you're able to operate your show. It seems like you're on that right path as well. So, uh, so kudos to you. Well, thanks. And Let's get going with the first card, one of your favorite cards in your collection, whenever you're ready. All right. So I think I'm going to have to go with, and by the way, man, incredible shirt. And um, listen. It's for you. This is for you. 
I I need that shirt. So <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me where you got that shirt because we're gonna have to be twinsies. Okay, we're gonna have to be twinsies, and 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 I might have to once I get the shirt, I might have to take a trip cross country just so we could take a picture wearing yeah. the same shirts. And I tell you what, um, that card that is on your shirt right now, which is the 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle, is perfectly centered, a lot better centered than mine. But the first card I am going to go with has to be the 1951 Bowman mickey mantle true rookie yeah baby there we go yeah that's this is this is the card of all cards for me anyways it's the card of all cards and um yeah so however you want to do this let's go yeah well so one i mean i agree that's i cannot tell you how many because i listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of sports card podcasts i'm not going to mention any you know, I'm not into calling people out or anything like this, but there are several sports card podcasts that continue to call the 52 tops mantle his rookie card. I mean, and I, you know, I can see like the average person calling it a rookie card, but I just am baffled still. If, if you've been into sports cards, I mean, come on, it's it's that's his rookie card. Now, if you want to say the 52 tops is more iconic, absolutely more valuable, uh, his best card, whatever, you know, that's totally fine. But it's not his rookie card. That's, I mean, come on. And and you know what? I agree. I mean, I think it's um, I think it's partially, maybe not everybody being educated on it. But I almost feel like if you are discussing whether if it's on your platform or whether if it's you know at a card show, if you are discussing the 52 mantle, chances are you're aware of the 51 mantle. Now, if we were to talk about the 86 Jordan argument being 86 rookie, the Fleer, is that his rookie or is the 84 star his rookie? There's a slight argument to be made there that, well, the 86 was pack pulled, whereas the 84 star wasn't. But the 51 Bowman was pack pulled. So how how do you not count that as his rookie? You know, so whenever I mention this card, I just make sure to always kind of say, you know, true rookie. Um, but yeah, this card is um, it, it's really in my life. It is it's really taken on a life of its own. And, and I, I can't describe it, you know, um, so for those that don't listen to my show, um, I, I owned a copy, the first copy that I got um, probably about 12 months ago. And, um, you know, getting that card 12 months ago, you know, I could remember the deal kind of going down and I got it through um, MC Sports Cards, you know, on on eBay, on Instagram, big account. Right. And and I had done a couple deals back and forth with him. You know, I think I had I got my first Tom Brady auto through him, you know, and uh, I think I paid like six grand for it, the Tom Brady auto. But it was like part cash, part trade. And like two months later, I see that he had a 51 Bowman Mickey Mantle. So I contacted him back and I said, listen, I still have that Brady I got from you. Would you be interested in that plus cash? And he gave me the he valued the Brady exactly at what I paid for it, which was pretty cool because I've done deals with people where I've actually I've done multiple deals with people where I've given them their cards back that I got from them 
prior and they've always kind of devalued that card when i was giving it back to them so for mc sports cards to you know kind of give me the exact price was like 6k um that was pretty cool so i got that card that card was um i mean it was great condition except it was severely miscut it had a print line right down the middle um you know the 51 bowman set is is notorious for just being off center miscut print lines it's so i didn't have the greatest looking copy and um you know i ended up actually moving the 51 bowman mantle for a bigger card that i ended up getting last year and uh and i lost sleep over not over lose moving that 51 bowman mantle and i think it was at that moment it's like you never know what you have until you lose it um but when i moved that card it rocked me and and it's the only card i could think about for like months even even beyond the bigger card i just got that's like it was always in my mind so when i was at a show a few months back uh this guy walked up to my table uh with this card and i you know i told myself i said this guy does not know it but he is not leaving with this card. That's it's 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 one of those moments where I would have probably given him everything I had for that card. You know what I mean? Like, and and luckily, and I paid over comps for it. I definitely paid over comps for it. But you know, I think someone said it on that vintage roundtable actually that you said uh, that that you mentioned. They said, "Listen, a, a guy told me a long time ago." if you think you're paying over comps no you're just paying early right so yeah i remember like, that i really like that was the first time i heard that but i love the way he put that yeah so you know i mean uh yeah something about this mantle and don't get me wrong i would love a 52 tops you know um but this card i would much rather own this card if you were to value you know if you were to give me a thirty thousand dollar value on this card and a thirty thousand dollar value on a PSA 152 tops or something like that. I would take the 51 any day of the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I get a 52 one day, awesome. But that's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, we, I, I honestly, I could talk for an hour about Mickey Mantle, but I got to move on. To oh my God. We're already on 18 minutes. I know. That's why I got to move this baby along. I could talk. I'm sorry. Rob's got to go in like 20, 12, 13 minutes. So, I, and I got, no, really 25. Cool. I got 25 minutes. 25, 25. Okay. So we got it. We'll do it. We got it. Yep. Or there's a part two. If not, we'll do part two. Either there way. you go. All right. Let's go. Card number two. Okay. Um, card number two, I think. Um, let's see. How do I want to present these? I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see them behind me. So there's going to be no huge surprises, but I think I'm going to keep it with the American League East, New York Yankees. And I'm going to show this 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth. Whoa. You can see it actually even better behind me. But yeah, so I have the 33 Gaudi Babe Ruth. I mean, this thing is almost perfectly centered. Right. Um, you know, it's 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 the back is incredible. I mean, I I, I personally think it's it's severely undergraded. Um, but I mean, we all think our cards are undergraded, right? I mean, I, I've never met anyone that didn't think that, but, but to me, the grade doesn't even matter at this point. I mean, it just, uh, you know, I, I talked how much about how much the mantle meant to me and, and, and how much sleep I lost over it and, and how much I, I just always knew in the back of my head, I'm going to get another one. 
I'm going to get another one. Uh, when it comes to this Babe Ruth, it just kind of kind of fell on my lap almost. You know, it's 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 a guy that I'm always doing deals with, you know, and uh, he's always letting me trade up into deals and um and that's pretty cool you know it's i think in this hobby it's it's a lot about relationships it's a lot about the community and if you can build relationships with with guys that uh, most of the cards i've gotten i've traded up into all of them now don't get me wrong um for you know i paid a premium on probably most of those you know so meaning a little bit over comps but um you know, if your goal is to acquire a card that is like a $40,000 card, um, don't don't feel like I'm never going to get that card. I'm never going to be able to come up with 40K cash to buy that card because here's the thing. When, when people own that $40,000 card and they're like flippers or they're dealers or they're people that are always moving inventory, it is really hard to move that $40,000 card. I mean, they, it's probably less than 1% of the hobby that could ever step up into that 40K card. So if you bring them an offer, and this is where the relationships thing come into play, right? Um, you know, the Babe Ruth came up, the Babe Ruth came up and I just slid into his DMs like I normally do. And I was like, Hey, where are you at on that Babe Ruth? You know? And he told me the price and I said, um, and what I always do. And I, and, and I talked about this a lot in season one of my, sh of my podcast. What I always do is when it comes to, so I have like my PC and then I have my inventory, my PC or cards that I'm not moving unless I am so blown away by an offer that chances are I could buy two of the same card with that money. You know what I mean? So um, what I always do is I always keep fresh pictures on my phone of my current inventory. So that way, if I'm at work, if I'm on vacation, if I'm not near my cards and I slide up into someone's DMs, I say, hey, where are you at on that Babe Ruth? And he gives me a price. I could immediately send him a picture of like maybe five or six cards I have that are maybe close to that range or half of that range or a quarter of that range. And I say, interested in any of these? Because then he can really kind of mix and match and cherry pick which cards he gets. He And he's like, yeah, you know what? I would take those two and 4K cash. And all of a sudden I'm like, didn't even try to negotiate. I said, deal. Done. <laughs> within, within minutes. So I never even, like within minutes of him even posting this, I owned it. It was amazing. That is such a great card. And just from, I mean, it looks so vivid. It's just, I mean, now have you opened Pandora's box though? Do you now have to get the other ones in that set? You know, <laughs> I, I think, I think when that happens, so there's four, there's four Ruths in that 33 Gaudi set, you know, and I think when, when you first get the card, you immediately fall in love with it and you're like, that's it. I'm getting the other three. Like that's going to be my chase now. But I think as I step back, um, you know, if I were to make a top 20 list, if you were to ask me for the top 20 cards I would hope to get um, or that are on my wish list, I would imagine the other three Gaudi roofs are probably somewhere at the bottom of that top 20. Um, but, you know, I think for now owning one and, and really just being able, you know, to pair these two guys together like this, like to me, that means everything, you so know, cool. um, I would really love to get a Lou Gehrig 
you know, either a 33 or people tend to lean more toward the 34 Gaudi Gehrig because it's more like more of a portrait. They say it's probably his best card is the 34. So, um, you know, if I could really pair a, a gorgeous Lou Gehrig with the mantle and the Ruth, I mean, I mean, you know, was, and I talk about it a lot on my show too. I, I love, I sit here sometimes in my mind and I think about how I want to post my cards. Like, how can I pair them? How can I make them, um, you know, unique? You know, how can I, how can I really kind of switch things up? If I'm going to repost a card, which is something I actually just talked about in the episode I dropped today. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't hate the idea of people reposting their cards, you know, but if you're going to repost a card, maybe try to pair it with something or try to do it in a unique way, you know, because if, if I've had this Ruth for a year, that means I can't post it anymore. Like, you know, sometimes you get these people that are crazy that are like, oh, why are you reposting that? I've already seen it. It's like, no, man, I want to see your best cards. Like, post your best cards, man. Enjoy them. And have fun. Because guess what? There's no rules. This It's just everyone's having fun. That's what this is for, you know? Definitely. Let's see another blue chip, Rob. Let's go number three. These are blue chip cards. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So, my at the top of my PC pyramid... um top top tier maybe second tier right or right in there um it, it's iconic rookie cards that's that's my i i just something about iconic rookie cards i could go on for an hour about why iconic rookie cards mean so much to me so i'm gonna go with the 1957 tops bill russell there she is look Ooh. look at this i mean I mean, it's for this 57, this set is notorious. I mean, all these really early sets are notorious for being off-centered, miscut, all of that. But this is very nicely centered. It's a PSA 4, um, uh, you know, just there's so much when it comes to these kind of cards and and these aren't the most valuable cards i own you know but these are definitely my favorite and and close to the most valuable don't get me wrong close to the most valuable but um they definitely mean the most to me and you know i could go on forever talking about why iconic rookie cards and why vintage especially means the most but um but yeah i think you know growing up seeing these kinds of cards in beckett magazine that i used to get every month in the mail Every month I got Beckett in the mail and I can remember seeing these cards, the Wilt Chamberlain rookie, the 52 tops mantle, all these cards that just seemed, it's, they, they didn't seem real. You know, I would never, I would go to car, card shows. I would never even see them in person. I would go to card stores. I would never even see them in person. So it was almost like this, these mythical cards that I've never actually seen. And so now to be in this hobby, to be an adult, you know, with with an adult salary. So that way, you know, I can spend my adult allowance as opposed to my 12 year old self allowance. Um, you know, I'm able to continue to feel young and continue to expand on my youth by collecting the cards that really give me those emotions. Well, Rob, I, I think I've said this before, but if not, I'm going to say it now. What you represent, and to me, you know, to me somewhat, um, I think is the most powerful driving force in the hobby right now. Guys right around our age who grew up, started collecting the 80s uh, during the, you know, junk wax era that are now back in it. And like you said, we got pretty good, pretty good jobs. We've got some money to spend. Uh, you know, I think that demographic or whatever you want to call it 
uh, that are going back and trying to get the cards that um, we either loved as kids or the cards that we had no way of getting as kids, like these vintage cards. That's why I, I feel like if you look at all these segments that are declining prices and so forth, the reason that vintage and especially vintage baseball has held its ground uh, for the most part, I feel like is, is a lot of the new, not new entrants, but people who came back in the last couple of years, like you, like me, uh, that are buying those cards and, and we're not leaving. We're not in it for the short term. We're, we're in it hopefully for the rest of our lives. And there's a lot of us, I've been able to talk with a lot of those people too, including yourself, that I feel like are the strongest force in the hobby. Not to take anything away with the guys who've been in it all along and are a little older than us. Um, that I give them the most credit because they, they've been here the whole time. But our segment has really, in, in my opinion, catapulted the hobby to the next level. Not the flippers, not the, the Gary V crowd or any of that. It's, it's, it's us. It's the guys who came back. And are now in it for good and spending pretty good money. That's just my take, anyway. Adam, I got to be honest with you, man. I have never really heard it said and described that way before, and I am blown away with 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 your with your take on that. I, I can't even follow that up, man. I, I probably. It, again, it, it, I, I don't want to go down the whole road, and st- but like that—that's something that's been on my mind. Is I, I feel like you look at the different segments, and I would—I would consider you like one of the poster people of that segment. Since I've started watching your podcast, you always talk about it: nostalgia, vintage cards, how you started collecting. One other piece before we get into your three cards that you want to add, I have a quick because you're a big Hogan collector, Hulk Hogan. You didn't? I was—I was wondering maybe you'd. Sneak in a Hogan card there because you have a great collection. You have some <laughs> of the best Hogan cards. Thank maybe, you. Thank maybe you. next time. Okay. But you're a big Hogan collector. Yeah. I have a great Hogan story that I wanted to throw in. Couple minute story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that I was like you, like a lot of guys our age when I was a kid, I was a huge Hulkamaniac. Um, uh, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. I know you're a Northeast guy in Connecticut. Yeah. 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 Whereabouts in Mass? Uh, grew up on the Cape. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have some friends that are up in uh, Yarmouth. That's that's where I live. So th- th- that's where the story starts. Oh my I, God. Uh, it was about, it was not either 87 or 88, right? Huge Hulkamaniac fan. My birthday's in July. So uh, summer of either 87 or 88, my parents surprised me and they say, we're going to go meet Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, what? Okay. So the, the plan is Hulk Hogan, um, he in uh, like 88 through 90, I think it was like a three year span. Every summer he would go to a place in Somerville, Mass called uh, World Gym. I guess one of his buddies, uh, one of his, his friends owned the gym. Right. So every summer he would come and do like a meet and greet there. Now, this is the peak of Hulkamania right here. Like, it's again, either 87 or 88. Uh, so the plan is, all right, we're driving up. We're driving up from the Cape. And it was a hot summer i mean it was like 95 and humid that day right so we're going in we don't really know what to expect uh, so we drive up first of all my dad gets lost because that's nostalgia right there before gps or map west we get lost in somerville again we're, we're from the cape we're not used to driving in the city right did so, he have his map out no yeah well in my got in a fight my parents getting in a fight where are we we're lost you know we're gonna miss the thing and you know i'm so excited this is totally out of my mom's character, but she goes, pull over. She sees a guy on the side of the road wearing a Hulk shirt. 
And she says, do you know where Hulk Hogan's going to be? And he says, oh, yeah. She goes, get in. So we, we pick up a hitchhiker. They put him in with me and my sister. Uh, I just remember the guy being like, oh, we got a couple little Hulkamaniacs here in the back. We pile in the back with the guy. Again, could have been a serial killer. Uh, anyway, he gets us there. This is a thousands of people were there. There were thousands, right? We, this was a line like it was, I think, a three or four hour line just to get in the gym. Uh, so anyway, my dad goes, all right, you guys go see a movie. He goes, I'm going to wait in this line in the 95 degree heat. There's a movie theater right across the street. Me, my sister, and my mom go watch a Disney movie. We come back an hour and a half later. My dad's still in line, hasn't moved that much. Anyway, we wait and we're getting nervous because there's people behind us too. Uh, but they're everyone's saying that like, we don't know if we're going to make it, right? So it turns out we're the last group that gets in. We are literally the last group that they let in the gym. Everyone else behind us waited hours and never got to meet Hulk Hogan. Oh. We get in. Um, anyway, I got to meet the Hulk, got to shake his hand, and I have it right here. This was the picture. He signed for me. It says 1987 on it, but it, again, it could have been 88, but the picture was printed in 87. Wow. So I still have it. I have. I knew you would appreciate this because oh. you're a big Hogan guy, but there it is. I still oh, got it after man. all these years. Oh, Yep. That's really cool, man. That I wanted really to show cool. you that. Yep. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, so I've never met Hogan. Uh, crazy enough, you know, uh, you know, WWF headquarters was, you know, 20 minutes from where I lived. And uh, but my father, you know, told me a story about driving down I-95, you know, right around the Stanford area. And it, it's a 95 is a parking lot in Fairfield County. You know, all of Fairfield County, because you're either going to New York City or coming from New York City. So it's just constantly a parking lot. And he talked about how, you know, he's in his work van with his buddy, with his partner. He looks over and there's Hulk Hogan in a convertible just sitting there in traffic on 95. And uh, I'd be just really cool, man. You know, really cool. But, you know, I, I've, I've met some incredible Hulk collectors in this hobby, you know, so you know, just having knowing that there's a really cool space um, in this hobby for nostalgia and I'm not the only one, you know, it's like and and thank God for social media when it comes to that. I mean, you know, because I would have never met you, you know, I wouldn't have the pod and and I might feel like, am I the only one out here collecting Hulk Hogan? Right. You know what I mean? Um, but that's an awesome story, though, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah, that's, that's I, again, a great if you story. Have a part two, I got another thing to show you. But anyway, well, I'll, I'll keep it moving here. I'm going to actually pull up Card Ladder because you sent me a list of three of the cards on your want list. Yes. And here we go. Well, let's just get right into the, the big boy right here. Um, yeah, that's the big boy. So I got this is a very interesting thing I saw here. So I'm in Card Ladder. The first card was the 52 tops. We mentioned it earlier, Mickey Mantle card. Here's, here's a perfect example of the power that centering plays in vintage cards, right? Yep. So I was looking up this PSA one, this exact one here sold for uh, close to, uh, sold for $60,000 uh, back in September, end of September, because look, look at the centering on that. You don't find, you don't find many like fours and fives and sixes that are centered like that. It's it's and you know what it's funny is because last week I was on card ladder and I was looking up all these exact things and I was looking up how 
I think a PSA two went for like 24 K or something. And I'm like, Oh my God, like just the, the difference. But yeah, like you said, the, the centering just plays such a huge role. Uh, you know, if you look at that, uh, the, the turquoise or the bluish green in the background really pops. The coloring is still really fresh. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there's some creases going across it, but wow, what a beautiful copy. I mean, talk about, talk about one of the best PSA ones I've ever seen. Right. So that, I mean, that people that really don't understand vintage that much and how the prices work. I mean, yeah, you could, you could have a, uh, a, a normal PSA one that's like off centered and beat up that will sell for 25,000, but you could have a, one like this that would sell for the same price as like a three or a four sells for or three. So it's, especially in this card, you see huge jumps based on the, the centering and the eye appeal. Yeah. Very well said, Adam. But I mean, I understand. I'm with you. This is definitely a card. If, if I could ever find a way to get a copy that, see, here's the thing without getting too long winded. I, the next card, let's, let's pull that up because I heard you tell a story about, I believe it was this card and here, there we go. All right. So let me pull this one up. Just a four. Let me, did you, was this the card that on the vintage round table, 1952 tops Willie Mays, did you have a copy of this, but it was so off centered that you, you just, you couldn't get your eyes around it and you, and you end up selling it because you, for some, you know, for that reason, it just kind of bothered you how off centered it was. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, if you have, uh, which I imagine you do have the premium account for card ladder, I think you could probably even find in the sales history, the exact card I had and pull up a picture of it. Um, if you type in SGC three, so 52 tops SGC three, and then go look at the sales history. Okay. Um, look at the sales, not on card ladder sales. Yep. So oh, there yep, there you go. And uh, it was in July, I believe. So look yeah. in July. It was a heritage. There it was right there. Right here. Yep. That's it. Look at the price I got that for. Now pull it up. So I, that's the exact copy that I bought. That's the exact copy. And I couldn't wait. I mean, this is on the top of every vintage collector's wish list. This is usually top five of every vintage guy, right? I mean, and, and same thing with Mantle. That's not his true rookie. His true rookie is 51 Bowman, but this 52 tops is just iconic. The dark, rich, like it's like a purple, you know, in the background. But when I got it in hand, I couldn't, I mean, the white border just contradicts the purple so much that I couldn't get my eyes off it. And even right now, as I'm looking at the picture of it, my heart's kind of beating. I, I could feel my heart pounding more. And, and, and I mean, full disclosure, I, th I included this card in the deal to get this, to get my 51 mantle. So I included that maze in the deal. So I was able to move that, you know, I was happy with that. Um, so you know, but you're but, yeah. for a centered, a, 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 you know, a better centered version of this card. Listen, I've seen some ones and some twos. Absolutely. That would much rather have than that three right there that you pulled up. And I'm glad you were able to pull that up so quickly because that's the three. That's the three that I had. It was very sharp. Um, but, you know, it was, the thing is, it's an SGC three. They don't have 
at least when this was graded, they didn't have the qualifiers of like off center, miscut. So I would imagine if it was graded by PSA, it probably would have been close to a PSA three or four, but it would have had the off center right. qualifier. Right. Yeah. I mean, if when you, if you get a card like this or the, or the, or the mantle 52 mantle and, and you're going to spend big money, it's going to be big, big money. It's got to be a copy that you enjoy looking at and you and you love looking at it. If there's I've had and I, uh, that story resonated with me because I've been in that situation where I've I've bought cards that are pretty big cards where I sort of regretted it after because they just weren't they didn't have the eye appeal that I wanted. Um, so I ended up doing the same thing as selling them for pretty much the price I paid for them and, and getting another copy that. I enjoyed that one was even a lower grade, but I just like looking at it better. So that I totally understand that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm actually gonna, I'm going to really quickly and rudely uh, go to my YouTube page right now, because what I want to do is I want to pull up a comment that someone made on that vintage discussion thing. And it was such a great comment because we were talking about, uh, you know, centering and, and, and whatnot. Right. So this guy said, and his name's timeless cardboard on YouTube. He said, you guys talked about centering and registration and registration is really like the clarity of the picture. Right. Sometimes with these vintage cards, they could feel like fuzzy or out of focus. So we talked about registration. Um, on the uh, on that round table he said you guys talked about centering and registration if you want great eye appeal and more importantly the challenge of the hunt you go after well-centered registered cards example for every hundred name your player vintage year there's only one to five well-centered and registered out of a hundred so if a pop report says 4,500 of someone, there's probably only about 5% of that that have great eye appeal. Thus, the hunt is on. So was I being like a little bougie? Was I being a little picky with that maze? Yeah, I probably was because if what this guy is saying is true, um, and, and I would guess that, you know, most statistics are made up on the spot, but I mean, it's, it sounds somewhat fair. 5% have that perfect eye appeal that everyone's looking for. Um, you're definitely going to be paying a premium for it. And I got that maze. I got a, a, a really nice copy of a 52 maze for four grand, you know, luckily. And, and, and I put that bid in and I'm like, it's probably not going to win. But I'm going to throw this bit on it because I've, I've always wanted this card and and I ended up winning it. So I was actually able to move it like two weeks later at a value of six grand. So it, it worked out for me. It worked you out. Have, you, uh, that's one thing I, I see uh, on your show is you are so connected and so active in the hobby, going to shows and on social media, on YouTube podcast that you don't have problems moving cards and making moves quickly. So, again, like you said, that is a hobby hack. The more connected you are um, in the hobby, the better the better your collection can become that you want it to be because you can move make moves quicker than the average person who might not be like that, not be connected. Absolutely. And and the thing is, right, like like you have a show, so you have your own platform. I have a show, I have my own platform. But if you have a social media account, you have your own platform too right? We're all CEOs of our own brand. So you're the CEO of Splendid Sports, right? And and even without the show, you're still 
the CEO of Splendid Sports on Instagram or on Twitter or Facebook. So you can really put out there what you have, what you don't have, what you're looking to move, what you're looking to buy. You know, I mean, you can really so so we can, for the most part, really uh, write our own narrative. Uh, Rob, I, I, I'm keeping you longer than I promised, but here it is. Here is the, uh, let me show it here. You've got the, so up on the screen, you should see here the 19, this is the third card on his want list. Blue chip Rob. I think that's my new nickname for you. 1948 leaf. I mean, who could argue with this yeah. classic card here? 48 leaf Jackie Robinson. This one here I pulled up. This was just a, uh, this is a uh, PSA two that sold actually on October 20th, not too long ago for 6,500 bucks. What? Look at, oh. look at this. Look at the centering. And I mean, this oh. is beautiful. Man. Oh. 6,500, not 65. cheap, but still, that seems low for this card. That, that seems extremely low for that card. Um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've, I've spent a few episodes, um, you know, really talking with guests or talking, you know, myself just really about, jackie robinson and the importance of him um you know there's nothing i can say that hasn't been said but just you know the importance of him as a man and as a player in in professional sports you know um and he was an incredible baseball player and he was even more incredible person and when you think about iconic rookie cards um you know i've owned a handful of jackie robinson cards i've never owned a rookie um you know the the earliest card i've owned i've owned a 53 tops a couple times which is a beautiful card of jackie's but um you know it's in the back of my mind i i've really had my idea and vision on starting this pc i call it like a side pc but it's like a you know like a pc of jackie robinson and and really just doing because he didn't have a ton of playing year cards you know what I mean? So, so really you're only going to be collecting about, you know, eight to nine years of cards, but, um, and you can get, you know, a 56 tops for a few hundred bucks, you know, you get a 55 tops for maybe a little bit more than that. And then obviously it gets more expensive as you go down. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Jackie Robinson, just such an iconic, iconic person, iconic man. And it's an, an iconic card. So Rob, before I let you go, last thing at the end of these, I'd like to ask if you could mention, now you've already mentioned a few channels, but if you could mention one more that you feel like would be interested in doing a three and three with me, I'd appreciate it. It could be, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a YouTube channel. It can just be someone in the hobby. Let's see. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I really, so, so I have a group of guys that are really have become my, my go-tos in this hobby, you know, and, 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 you know, we call ourselves the wolf pack, you know, it's like our own little wolf pack, you know, and I think everyone really should have a wolf pack without a doubt. Everyone should have a wolf pack. I think, um, a really interesting guest to have on would be who's a regular on my podcast would be, um, Ken. He's at sports card lessons podcast. He's incredible. He's a retired teacher. Um, just getting back in the hobby. Uh, you know, he, he would be great. Um, Brett from stacking slabs. Uh, he would be another, he's, He's a close friend of mine in the hobby. Um, 
uh, also, uh, there's a new podcast that just started with two guys who I'm really close with in the Wolfpack, and that's Crosstown Cardboard. That's Craig, who's a New York City teacher. He started up a card club for his students, and his partner on the podcast is Carmine. And Carmine is originally from New York, but now he's he's on the news up in Washington State. Every every night he's on the news. He's a sportscaster. That's so. Awesome. Yeah, so it's a, uh, you know, it's it's it's. I have a very diverse, pretty cool wolf pack. So I would probably say those three: Ken from Sports Card Lessons, the guys from Crosstown Cardboard, and Brett from Stacking Slabs. I would love to see them on. Beautiful. Me too. I'd love to. So I'll be reaching out to you guys. And Rob, thank you so much, man. This was so much fun. It's Adam, Adam, keep up the great work, man. I love what you're doing here. So uh, it, it's 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 really good stuff. It's it's uh, it's content that the hobby needs. Thanks, Rob.